Hello and welcome to Off the Roll. I'm your host, Troy Hirschman. Well, we've taken a break over the holidays uh, from the podcast, and so we're back in 2023. I'm going to call this season two of Off the Roll. It's been about a year and a half. We've been laying out season one, so we're going to start season two, and hopefully this will be pretty exciting new stuff that we have in 2023. Um, And I'm looking forward to bringing some different people on that may not have a connection to Ball State Athletic Training. Um, but have a great story to tell. And really that's what this is all about is people telling their stories and and sharing with us so we can all learn about um, athletic training um, along the way, uh, particularly some historical stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to a great season two. And we're kicking it off today with Mike Miller. Mike was a 1995 graduate of the Ball State Athletic Training Program, currently is the Associate Athletic Director at the University of Detroit Mercy and started there as the Director of Sports Medicine, Head Athletic Trainer in August of 2006. Um, he uh, is definitely more involved in the administrative side these, these days, but still keeps his hand in the sports medicine department, helping out with different things where, they're, where they need help at, basically. Um, Mike is also a uh, Cardinal Sports Medicine Society Ring of Honor inductee, which was done in 2015. Um, I know he's very proud of that honor and and um, has some exceptional memories of that of that night in St. Louis. So um, he's he's got a great story to tell. So we're gonna get we're gonna go off the roll with Mike Miller. Welcome to Off the Roll. Today we have Michael Miller. He's the um, Associate Athletic Director at the University of Detroit Mercy, um, also in charge of sports medicine, athletic training. Mike has uh, a 1995 grad of Ball State University. Um, so, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Great to be here. Yeah, well, <laughs> considering what we just talked about, uh, right. it, it is great to be here. You ever so, want to feel better? Give me a call. Uh, well anyway um i'm gonna start this off kind of um like i have all the other podcasts and that is uh um what kind of what's your story on how you got started in athletic training well ironically i stumbled upon athletic training as a high school student uh, we had a physical education teacher. So, that so where did you go to high school at? Where's, where was oh, your I'm sorry. I went to Lakeland High School in LaGrange, Indiana. And that's about 10 miles from Michigan and 40 miles from Ohio. So I put it that way. It's a pretty big Amish population community. LaGrange County and LaGrange Town. That's right. Uh, I, I, we went through there one time and I saw the hitching post at the Pizza Hut. Yep. Hitching yeah. post. They, actually, that's a new Pizza Hut out there. Uh, the other one's a little bit down the road. And I hear the service is still... Uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, a hitching put is the crazy thing is, is I grew up a few blocks from the downtown and my mother was the first mayor, female mayor of LaGrange okay. County or whatever the hell it was. And I was really young at the time to really understand that. But um, getting back to, to my youth growing up from in LaGrange, small town, I think there was 170 kids in my class. And, you know, there was our, our PE teacher offered like some sports medicine classes and we would tape and we would learn those aspects, I believe along the lines of like the Kramer um, book that we, we had. And um, 
whatever that course was. I know people talk about it. You guys that did that at um, Ball yeah. State. Yeah. But we, we would do all that and learn. And I got really interested in it because as I grew up, my father graduated from Purdue as an engineer, mm-hmm. a, a civil engineer. And he went to Ball State and got his uh, MBA. And he worked a few years in the engineering business. And then he went into the business sector with his uh, father and, and brothers and really made that business what it is today as a economic uh, person. So from there, I just I gained interest in athletic training through this one teacher and learning about that. And then going to these games and seeing those people on the sidelines, I thought it was so cool. Wanted to be a part of it. I would go down at the Purdue games. We had season tickets to Purdue games. My, you know, we tailgated, did all that stuff. So that's where my interest in athletics, that whole camaraderie and seeing those kids down on the field playing catch that, you know, we could do that. I, I could just run over and give high fives to the guys when they go into the locker room. To have. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of my niche. And that was kind of what I saw. And and then asking the counseling center back then, you don't have technology, you know, what, who has what ball state was brought up and then kind of Purdue. What was weird is ball state was really talked about. And I read the program. It was an internship based program. I looked at Purdue. My dad wanted me to go to Purdue. Right. I wanted to go to ball state. Um, I read about the program. So that's where I went and that's what I wanted to do. My dad wanted me to do business. Um, I think I do a good job doing business in, in my own spare time as, you know, entrepreneur. So yeah. um, that led me to Ball State. Um, I wasn't a great student. I, my first year, I, you know, trying to figure out college life and small town of Lakeland High School education, going to education is, is big difference. So yeah. I struggled. I'm not book smart. I can read things and, and interpret. I learned by doing interacting. I'm very passionate about what I do. So I'm very vibrant and excited sometimes, but that led me there. My first semester, I, you know, I don't think I did as well, like a two five or something like that. And then second semester, I tried to bump it up. And, and um, basically my requirements for that first semester was just short. I think I was like, I think you had two, seven, five, I had a two, seven, three. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I bust my ass. I worked hard. I, I was in, you know, listening, learning, and I was actually given the opportunity to not be in the program, but actually be assigned to sport with a senior student athletic trainer. And, and I worked with men's volleyball at that time with him. And that, that really, so, so who was that? Luby, Steve Luby, Luby Husen. Yeah. He, and, and honestly, God, it, you know, he was one of the guys that is, I look up to as a mentor. Yeah. To, and he, I mean, I was like two or three years younger than him and he taught me a lot. And that's what it's about, that mentorship. Right. Um, and, and honestly, I probably never, I've acknowledged that in conversations, but this is probably public to him saying that, you know, he made a, you know, impact in me. So yeah, that actually fueled my fire, got me going, got in the program the next semester. Um, the rest is history. Um, so, I did a so lot who of are you, who, who are you coming in with in that, in that? Oh, uh, so Chris Lane, I'm going to draw blanks, Dominic Greenfield, Scott Kinner. Um, oh, there was more because we were really tight. We were really yeah. tight that first semester. We were doing a lot of things. And then, then, um, you know, we're still tight going into the second semester and then female got in the way for me. And I didn't do as much with the group, but, but we were great. We were tight. 
we got some good people that came out of there. I'm missing people and I feel bad for it. And I, I, I know it's probably right there, but, um, but we had a good class coming out. Because um, you started it. So you graduated from high school, what, in? 91. 91. Yep. And you came, so you. 91, you 92. The, yeah. um, I actually started my observation hours in the, uh, the, the clinic, the ball, is it, what is it called? The uh, health the, center the over there. The student health center. Yeah. yeah student health yeah. center in the basement. And then yeah. we moved into the, 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 I, I was in Woody Shales and La Follette complex, which is no longer there. Yeah. So I watched the construction of uh, the arena come up and it was great. I mean, my first year as a freshman, I went to the national championship volleyball game there. And this was just as a student. And, um, but you know, I made that transition to the, uh, yeah, you were, you were, you were coming in and I was going out yeah. basically. Exactly. I remember yeah. you running around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to find the, sh the short places that I could go into. Yeah. That's what I but was doing. Along my college, you know, I worked several different sports, football and uh, of course men's uh, track field, uh, out of season football, um, men's volleyball. And man, I, I did the rotation in the clinic for the high school at Muncie Central and Central Indiana Sports Medicine on the orthopedic and sports medicine side. Um, and Rex actually called me in. Rex Sharp called me in. Um, one day it was my junior year and um you know i'm like yeah i can come in and talk and i'm like what is this about and anytime you walk into the training room in the office and you're asked to go to the uh, doctor's office for a conversation it's probably not good or something's up or what you know so yeah, you walk yeah. in like what's going on and so rex and i talked and he's like mike i really think you'd be a great fit at new england with the patriots and ron yeah. o'neill I would like to call if you want to go. And I'm like, hell yes, I would love that. So we made the process, um, <laughs> you know, back there is mail. You wait, mail and wait. So I oh, think yeah. for the end of the semester, I didn't hear back from Ron until June. Like we had to be report like in July. Yeah. And uh, I kept calling him and, it, it, you know, and then he's like, that's just how he worked. You know, it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it worked out, whatever. And then, yeah, I'm actually working a summer job, getting a call in a factory that I'm at. Like they knew about it. It was my uncle's factory, but um, they knew the call was could be coming through. And when it did, it was pretty cool. So uh, yeah. I went out there, did that rotation with them. Um, I, you know, so, that was, so what did you do when you got that call? What did you do the rest of the day? <laughs> did you go back to work? Rest of the day, I'm, I'm I went back to work, man. <laughs> you can say I'm tapping out. I'm going to the NFL. <laughs> the, the one, yeah, the one thing that that I learned growing up is, you know, and you know the history of my father at Ball State, but we were raised as if you work and you earn, you you right. you make your own path, and that's what I learned and was instilled. And by doing that, that was just that piece that pushes yeah. forward and get. You know what? get off your butt and get back to work, get going. Um, oh, you, you hurt a little bit. That, that's the problem. Before I got to this job, I got the, you know, suck it up. You're fine. Get going. Now I have to learn to balance, but, um, but yeah, now I did that rotation and spent about eight weeks in new England um, and flying out, going to an airport, and looking for two guys because you don't have cell phones. You don't have anything. Right. And yeah. My flight yeah. was delayed. I was late two hours and I'm walking off just nervous, nervous. Like I'm, these guys are going to leave me. And um, I luckily found them and they're like, 
hey, are you Mike Miller? I'm like, yeah, I'm Mike Miller. He's like, did you see? I couldn't remember who the boxer was at the time. It was like a world champ at the time. He's like, that guy was on your flight. Did you see him? Like, well, hello, I might. So I had a star on my flight, and I was so nervous, and they didn't even care that I was there because I yeah. was a professional boxer. And I'm, but that's that's how it started, and it was it was a grind. It was fun. It was. I mean, there were some non-fun times, but that yeah. grind who, was great. Obviously, Ron O'Neill was the head athletic trainer at the time, yeah. but who else was on that staff? Uh, Kirk Brummels. Okay. It was uh, Ron O'Neill, Kirk Brummels, and then there was I'm I. I'm drawing blanks on everybody's names. I'm losing names as I speak, but there was a six month intern. And then there were six of us as seasonal interns. And we all left to go back to school. Ron right. only hired juniors to seniors. So their senior year, they had an opportunity to come back as a six month person. Yeah. Um, I was a great candidate for that position. And I was told so. And when I made the call, they, you know, I, I was able to go down and work the Colts game uh, when they were in town and we Patriots won the game and you know they one of the six the one of the seasonal interns was actually started working for them um because his schooling was different or whatever his schooling was so that kid you know went right into that six month period and then I went on to to grad school so yeah yeah um any unique memory any unique memories that you had during your time with the Patriots a lot of well the biggest unique thing that happened one bill parcells was the coach and i'll tell yeah. you i don't get i mean there's intimidation on things but that man was intimidating like i bet he was <laughs> just like the was voice to whatever and it's just like it shakes you to the bones no matter yeah. what he says so there's two things one our number one draft pick that year i won't say his name dehydrated so we we were at bryant college and that was when they were a D3 school. They had two fields in the back that were grass fields, and there was a putting green on the side. Bill Parcells would chip and putt before yeah. everybody got out there. <laughs> um, and, you know, we were coming in, and, you know, our draft pick that year was showering up and comes out of the shower. Cramps up, full body cramps, like this, yeah. butt naked. Our six-month intern, we're all coming up, and our six-month intern is in there. So, you know, the showers, and you have that, like, little drying off area. Yeah. First thing I see is big six, five dude. And this short guy, the, the six month intern was a stocky little short guy. He's probably about five, seven. Yeah. And he wrestled. I remember that. And it was like, when I turned the corner and looked at, I'm seeing this big dude and this short dude on the floor. And you're, you have to make a quick decision on, are they fighting or <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> but it was odd because he was butt naked. And then our intern, you know, we had our bike yeah. coaching shorts and our, our white shirts and he was just soaking wet. And that was the funniest thing. The other one was Bill Parcells had to have an ice bucket in his locker room after every practice. So you rotated through and you were the last guy. If you were the guy on the inside, you prep for the next practice and everything else. You took Bill Parcells ice bucket down there. I walked down there and I thought I was a little bit late because I was behind and the coach, they were coming in. So I'm like, I gotta get that in there. And I got in there. I'm like, okay, he's not here. I'm good. I walk out the door and I'm almost down the hallway, and I hear, hey! <laughs> and I'm like, walk faster <laughs> around the corner, go upstairs. I'm like, okay. And then the six-month intern comes, he's like, oh, hey, uh, Coach Parcells wanted to let you know that we don't need to put the ice bucket in there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't need it. But I'm like, I'm out of here, man. So that was like the one, one memory. But just honestly, the 
the learning experience you had, the different philosophies to learn from, that's what I take away from every experience I get. Meeting people, learning people, becoming better people and working together as great people is, is important to me. Um, that goes along with staffing, that goes along with everything. So along the way, it's a learning experience about life, really. So I took what Ron O'Neill did because it wasn't what we were doing, what I was learning. It was the different way of how they did rehab. And, um, you know, so I took those instances. There were a couple of unique injuries that we had with high ankle sprains, how to manage those. So I learned a lot about that management. And, you know, uh, but the guys you're with, um, you might not be in touch with them after, but when you see them, you you had a great bond and and you worked like eight, like two months together, 14 to 16 hour days. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it, I have a lot of other funny stories, but I, those come up as things pop up. So, uh, but yeah, I spent that there. Um, I, I started uh, grad school and I went to Eastern Michigan because um, that was the route I wanted uh, to be. Wait, wait, one, one thing though. Go I ahead. mean, Sorry. So, so we all know that Ron is legendary for his inventions. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I'm <laughs> and, glad and, you said that. Yeah, I'm because glad, because so what what, what was what was a few things that you were looking at going, hmm, how's that gonna work? So that that goes along the way of I'm not kidding you. I have him. I would have him come in and and do his stuff with um, yeah. my staff so they can learn it just because of his ideas and how to tape things and do things. Yeah. And I'm I I'm a better person because you think differently based oh, on yeah. that. His mentality. So in the professional level, the mentality is these guys are making money to do this. My job is to keep them safe within a realm. But the the mentality of the coaches are hamstring injuries are or these overuse injuries are preventable and you should have taken care of your body. And that's going to make the difference between you being a roster spot or being on the free market. So Ron O'Neill's mentality was these kids want to do it. I got to give them every opportunity. So I yeah. took that with me. And this is a great saying that I have. And I took that, like, I'm giving you every opportunity. I'm going to be here for you. And we're going to make this better. We're going to do this and make it successful. Because at the end of the day, if you're taking a kid through a successful program and, and plan and it's, it's game day and you have a few of those and it's successful and you win or you, the person has a great game and everything else, those are the memories you bring back. But, but from Ron O'Neill, actually looking at the body parts doing tape jobs that were crazy i mean we're talking butt-ass naked guy standing up and you're taping them from the low back pretty much yeah all the way to the knees all the way through to the achilles depending on what he was trying to accomplish so you know when you're you're using um uh hell he called so many different things uh, i know you used a lot of elasticon yeah he used yeah. elasticon on it, and um, and these and that, guys, and that and that really was an Otho thing too. Yeah. I mean, he he learned that from Otho a lot too. I, but it, that's that's where I've learned my niche with these older guys that interesting. I mean, like learn from them, and I've I've done some amazing things. I've got lacrosse kids. I've got parents that will call me and say, "Hey, this guy gave me your number. My kid broke his hand, and he needs a splint for his lacrosse glove." Bring yeah. it in. Let's look at it, and we'll we'll fit. We'll figure it out. And what I've got to, you know, it's you learn those things from these guys. I mean, in in my one of my most successful moments and greatest feelings was at Notre Dame. Sorry, skipping ahead. No, you're fine. I had a young lady 
on January, this is how I remember, I, my memory's not good and I have to have things that jar my memory, but this one sticks with me forever. So one of our starting forwards, we played the game against Virginia Tech at home uh, and we were playing um, UConn on the 22nd. Okay. Girl, this girl gets smacked on the hand. Um, I can feel it like crepitus in there. I'm like, I don't know about this. It's the fourth metacarpal. I'm like, all right, let's finish the game. Don't don't raise any concerns because we got this big game in two days. I run in. I, the doc was there. We did the floor scan on it. We got it. I'm like, she's got a crack. And um, biggest game's coming up. So it's like, holy cow, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Long story short, devised a little splint, put it up. Um, a glove on a wide receiver glove at the time. They're ugly. You tape the two fingers together. The first time ever we had a sellout plus plus at the joy center yeah. um, for this game. UConn was number one. We were probably around number two. And that was the year we won the national championship, but um, we went and kicked the heck out of them. Like by like 20 some points. Um, and like the crowd was so electric. There was like standing room only almost. And, it was such a blur because you were in your zone of this is probably going to be one of the greatest accomplishments of this time that we won the biggest game at that time in, in history for us. And this girl had went through all this stuff and, want, you know, she wanted it too. And, yeah. and it happened. So and, and we moved on and we ended up winning the national championship that year. Yeah. So I think, anyway, I think that's, that's some defining moments, but. Yeah, no, I think I think that's interesting to note because, I mean, in this day and age, if if especially what I'm doing now, if if a doctor looks at something and says you're done, you're 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 done. Whereas yeah. at the at the university college level or the professional level, you, you work together with your team physicians yeah. to to come up with solutions, like you said, so that these kids, if they want to play and they can play safely, that you can do that. And 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 what you that those that even in that short amount of time you learned a ton of stuff that you can help student athletes do those types of things yeah. um and you learned it from somebody that a very sage wise experienced athletic trainer that that was that had done had to do those things out of necessity yeah. and i'm not sure anymore that that is happening um, yeah. because of the, of the type of clinical instructor that's out there, there's a few of them out there, but, um, it, it's, yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see what this next generation comes out with. It's, it's concerning. I'm, I'm suffering from it right now. Um, I luckily was able to hire, I, I lost a staff member and, uh, a year ago in January or so I was able to, to hire that position. Um, and we were able to get a ball state kit, uh, or, or a worker from ball state. And, um, you know, I was lucky to get that. I mean, I went about three months because um, no resumes. You might get a few here or there. Maybe one's okay, but then you hear something. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. What's the feel? I, I've learned more to listen to my gut and, and any concerns, and that's given me more than anything. Case in point, what we discussed before the yeah. – think I got ahead of that, you know, and you have to in our profession. But um, I see kids coming out. There, what I'm seeing a little bit now is there's a attitude a little bit about they think they can do it better or what you, how you do it is not the best way because you're yeah. old or whatever. Um, and now we're those people that sometimes those people will come to you. 
I always open up like you want to learn something, you want to hear something, you want to see how I do it. I'm doing splints for a lacrosse kid. I would hope my lacrosse athletic trainer is going to be there. And she does because I want her to do this. I want these kids to walk in and say, hey, so-and-so, can you make me that splint? I don't. I want you to have that confidence to do it. And I want to give you that because at the end of the day, you make me look as good. (laughs) You're right. I'm only as good as the people that surround me at the end of the day. And you guys need to be tight. And I learned that from Ball State because it was so fun environment. And, you know, and I have that right now with our staff. It's, you know, when we, when we're going and everything else and people burn out, I learned to watch and try to step in, you know, and things change and you have to help out here. But um, it is troubling to see what direction we're going because we're seeing a shift from athletics, athletic trainers working in athletics and, you know, doing the, the clinical internship, those are great things. Um, and they're paying great, but now the athletic trainer in the college setting and sometimes high schools, as you saw when the pandemic hit in Northwest Indiana, they laid off all their athletic trainers and then they weren't going to have, I don't know they worked it out, but I'm glad they did. And it's scary. I mean, we saw that incident that happened with the Buffalo player. Yeah. There are schools that don't have athletic trainers. Do you see what can happen in the blink of an eye? And if you don't have that defib there and somebody doing CPR, the outcome that we're going to see, we're not going to see that. Yeah. So, I mean, where are we going and what are we doing? It's like, we, we almost need to get this, the clinical people that are teaching and all that stuff. And they should have some exposure to, to, to um, college. I mean, we came into this with, we know we're not going to get paid. We know we're going to work long hours. We know we're going to be a difference, but that's the why you got in because one, I'm not going to play athletics in college. Could I maybe, but I was set on going to ball state and doing athletic training. And I know you can do both. Yeah. And I wouldn't play at ball state. But I'm just saying, I made a dedication then to this is where I'm going and I'm going to do what I have to do to do it. But my point, too, was I have to impress Rex, Tony, Neil and whomever else is there, the GAs. And it was Trish at the time we made a transition. But it was my. Did we freeze? Did we freeze? So it was my job to earn my recommendation. Yeah. Right. And everybody. And the worst thing. And I heard this is when somebody tells a person that if you do this, I cannot recommend you, you know? So, I mean, it's, but that's the piece that you work so hard for that. And I think we get away from that. I think um, that we have a lot to learn from this older generation that are leaving profession. I mean, we lost a lot of people, you included in the college setting. And, um, I had a lot of friends retire, like they were, they were a couple of years away from retirement. And they're like, I'm done. I can't do it. Um, but it's, and, it's getting back. It's, it's yeah. the sad thing is, is that, you know, salaries are terrible. Um, we're making changes, we're making strides. And honestly, where I was at 20 years ago, what my assistants are making or what I was at a director, I mean, things yeah. change, right. And yeah, we no. are getting there, but we can't keep attacking everybody. We got to keep our focus on good healthcare. And yeah, I, I, I fully agree we need to be paid because at the end of the day, and, and I, we might get down this in the administrator piece, I think the best administrator for any high school, university, anywhere is an athletic trainer. Why? Because we see everything and anything that happens 
and it goes one way or the other. And you're going to see how it goes and you can be able to manage situations based on that. <laughs> and, and unfortunately we're, we're probably, we're pretty good at crisis management, whether we and, like it or not. <laughs> and that's, that's what I had to get out of this reactive yeah. uh, mentality versus proactive. Cause that's the way it was, you know, it's funny. You know, they want to do an interview with me for uh, a radio broadcast and um, they want to talk about commotion corda and yeah. the defibrillator and all that stuff. I'm like, when I got to Detroit, they had one defibrillator and it was locked up in the office in a locked cap cupboard. <laughs> and then that cl office closed at six o'clock and was locked up, but all intramural still ran through Callahan hall. And um, so kids were there till midnight. Yeah, And it's like, you know, that was the first, one of the first things that changed. I had to get air conditioning. Sorry, I'm not saying AEDs are important than air conditioning, but <laughs> I, I did get the AEDs and, and create a huge awareness across campus. So, um, but no, that was a priority um, just to be safe. And yeah. you know, now it's like this liability thing. All you, you do is you try and prevent and limit. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about your next step to 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 your grad to your grad school, Eastern Michigan. Yep. Yeah, Eastern. I went there. Um, I, the the spot was great. This is, you know, I'm telling you, connections and personal relationships are huge. So, <clears throat> the NATA 95 was downtown Indianapolis. Oh yeah, um, I know. Yeah, we all know. Um, Rex yeah. has a videotape that I took at little bitties at the time. <laughs> He said one day we watch it. He's like, "Hey, you got that tape?" <laughs> of course, there's, there's never some, to see again. There's somewhere it's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, you know, we worked at Kramer booth as the senior students and did all that stuff and fun. We all crammed like however many of us like other students and we crammed into one room and um, we just hung out, made friends, and and I'm like, I want to work football. I want to work football. I want to do that. So I'm looking for grad school. Um, somewhere and you know things popped up here and there and then I saw Eastern Michigan and I said wow that's Mac conference it's you know not too far from my home and um, it's football in rehabilitation so I went with Rex is like let's I went to Rex about it he's like get your resume um, get your get your tie on and let meet me for this one of the town hall meetings because Strick will be there Gary Strickland will be there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm traipsing in with Rex with my damn tie on. And, you know, Rex always wore ties at the time. <laughs> I think he's got out of that if he ever goes, but um, uh, we, um, we walk up to Strick. Um, Bill Tuscany was there and Craig Vole, who was the GA before me, who went to Purdue. And now right. I think he's still at Purdue um, at the uh, clinic side, but um they're all just sitting there waiting for the meeting. And Strick's like quiet, kind of gruff, bigger guy, got this mustache and just doesn't really say a lot. But when he says it, it's funny or it's just kind of meaningful. Yeah. Right. So I get up there with Rex and Rex introduces me to him. Hey, Gary, this is Mike Miller. You know, he's graduating with us. He's really interested in your, you know, interested in your um, position, GA position. He's like, all right. And you're like, you know, got any questions? And he's like, no, all right, we'll look at it. Thanks. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Rex was this dude who's like got me. And I thought he was going to walk up just like, hey. So we had to sit uncomfortably through this whole, I don't know if Rex remembers this shit. I'm sure he does, but whole town hall meeting. I don't know if you've ever been to one. but Oh, yeah. So anyway, I'm a senior student 
and you know what we were doing the night before. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like Were you with Calgill oh, that night? Because I know exactly what you were doing. Oh no, I, I almost got hit. Uh, <laughs> I saw the legs less than a foot in front of my face. So <laughs> and then the ah! <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, so I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm like, damn, Rex, like what the hell just happened? He just really didn't say anything. I, we didn't talk the whole time. We didn't talk. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how to say anything to Rex. Cause I'm like, kind of like, not sure what to say. And um, so town meetings over and I'm like, I got this damn tie. I'm going to get back, probably meet up with the other kids and we forget today. Right. So yeah. we're walking out and strict and bill sprint up to us like speed walk. And I'm like, it to me and Rex. And He's like, hey, and then we start talking about the position. And like, literally, yeah. I, you know, I had a resume. It, it looks pretty good that you have football experience. You worked with the Patriots, stuff like that. That was all because of Ball State. It was all because of Rex. It was all because of the connections, right? Yeah. And, but Strick saw something and came up. And, and I, <laughs> so the funny thing was, is like, holy, I just, I literally think I got offered a GA position and I think I'm good to go. Um, I mean, formalities, but, um, and I, we just kind of looked at each other. I'm like, I didn't think, I, I thought he was like, he's like, Mike, I couldn't figure out what the hell happened because it was like, are they not interested? Do they have somebody else? But he, he's not like that. So, but when he sprinted up, we knew that, I don't know if they were in a heated discussion, which, you know, Strick's not a very heated person, but. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but anyway, long story short, I'm there. I, I spent, I actually started awkwardly i started in january and went you know finished in the was there two years with football so um right. you know i started out with spring football and went right into fall after that and you know basically i was out at the football stadium running that training room by myself with strick and then once football it was all hands on deck with students and strick and sometimes because yeah, didn't strict like work football and then go right to basketball at that yes point? i mean yeah that's you know today today's day and age you know unless you're like in that d2 and not travel d3 maybe and maybe you travel or not but you go from one sport to the next that's how it is, was yeah. was and now it's that mentality of work and time you can't do it but you do have to cover each person in each sport right and that's the problem you have um so how did but, that feel? I mean, because because once basketball season kicked in, you you were kind of running the show. I mean, yeah, no. It the the weird thing was is I got there in January, and I'm like, I meet up, I go into the the main train room at um, the field house, and um, I start out there, and then I end up opening up and working out at the football stadium, and then they would send like major rehab cases that were like surgeries for um, and or just coming off along rehab or something and I had a student that worked with me and that's just how we did it and yeah once foot once two a days kicked in that's when all the students came in but you know that was the thing too is you had all these students that you were working with and I haven't had that since I left eastern students that were going into the field so yeah um it was nice to work with kids that like-minded that wanted to get better to be to the next level yeah but th it was great. It was great. Um, I mean, we had some great athletes. We weren't, we didn't have a great success uh, season, but we had like four. Who, who was the head NFL football players. coach then? Rick Rasnick. Um, oh he, yes. Yeah. He, Cause he was the, he was the offensive coordinator at Utah when I was in grad school. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was like at 
Utah or San Jose or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was there before. And and like we had Charlie Batch was our quarterback. Yeah. We had um we had a, a tackle that played several years, LJ Shelton, and we had a, a D lineman, Lionel Dalton, Jelly Roll, that played, you know, that that's rare. I don't know if you see that in Mac that you have three players on the same team yeah. that go in the NFL and have longer like decent careers. But um that was cool. That was a different side of things, but also I got to grind and do my, be an athletic trainer and strict manage the, the administrative stuff, the day to day. I did the injury reports. I go talk to the coach. He let me run the show with football. Let me be yeah. the guy. Um, and you know, it's coach, of course, coaches wanted him more involved with stuff and which, you know, whatever we had a great thing and, um, but the experience I got there and the quick learning, you know, you come out of undergrad and you're not sure, at least I came out feeling like, I'm not certain. I'm not sure. How do I, what do I Right. just like, do it, get going and get it done. And, yeah. But that's why I think we need these kids that are graduating to get that experience. I don't know why I, in my mentality, I think after the four year, they should have a certification and then they have that year to work as a do their whatever you want to call it uh, yeah. but I mean it's it's we're not getting the help and we're not getting the kids to see college athletics or work that you know you're not getting kids that want to work over 40 hours um, yeah. you, you know kids that don't want to pick up a call from a kid that's sick or got a problem or something took a turn for the worse and you got to go get that kid and take them to the hospital I mean it's 24 7 in college pretty much because these yeah. kids are almost our kids um, but, but that opportunity I had there to be an athletic trainer and learn, um, was amazing. Um, and, and it, not many people can say I pretty much got to run a division one football program, you know, Strick was there and had my, you know, had my back and that, you know, and I tell my staff today, like you guys have a great, everything going on in here and it's copacetic and you don't hear because we're putting fires out behind that. So you don't have to know it and you right. don't deal with it. Um, and that's what I do now. So, yeah. Um, so from Eastern Michigan, uh, where do you go to next? Yeah. So unique situation. I, you know, unfortunately, you know, I lost my mother at age 14. Mm -hmm. um, and my father passed away when I was 25. And I was, I actually stayed from <clears throat> my end of January, my, that winter term at Eastern. I stayed the summer through December because I needed to finish my study for my thesis and, and get my thesis done. Um, so I kind of put looking for jobs. I can't remember how I did it, but anyway, I was looking, looking, looking in the summer and nothing, nothing was coming up. Uh, nothing was there. Um, I get a call, I interview here, you know, that's, a, that's, oh, a, you that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's amazing to talk yeah. about now. Nobody will, yeah. nobody will hardly believe that now with, Exactly. as many jobs that are out there right yeah. now. I mean, and you, and you had to sit at the phone or you had to go to your mailbox every day and then yeah. your messages, if you didn't, you know, that's when cell phones started picking up, but not everybody had them. Um, but still it was trying to find that job. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do. I don't have shit going for me. I can't find anything. Everything was great. And then boom, I get a call. My dad died of heart attack. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm displaced. I'm moving out. Like, end of July, my dad passed away July 24th. Um, and it's just like things lined up. Um, 
I moved all my stuff home. Well, you know, we buried my dad, moved my stuff home. <clears throat> you know, Bill at Cowgill was at Notre Dame. So right. before I come back home between there, I remember having a conversation with him on the phone at my apartment. And Bill's like, hey, Mike, um, there's an intern here that accepted the job and she's basically going to back out in, in August. This girl was a Ball State student, I believe. And um, she, I think she found a clinic job that was going to pay her. The, the intern job was uh, 10, it was, I don't know if it was a 10 month year, whatever, but it was like 15 grand. He only worked afternoons and covered here and there. Um, within a month, we had another staff member leave and I was promoted as an assistant. And unfortunately we went a year down without an intern or help. So I covered all those sports. Um, and Jim said, I got my money's worth out of you, Jim Ross. So that was that trail too with the Ball State Connection because Bill Cowgill, who was a year older than me and lived across the street my junior year, you know, we were tight and um, right. we looked out for each other. Everybody in our program, that was the thing too. Everybody's class to class, we had a camaraderie. We had like my class, and it, unless I, I can't fault myself for falling in love with the young lady that I ended up marrying and have three kids with you know, and kind of distancing myself a little bit from that group and hanging out. I had to hang out with her, you know, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, that's, that was the only thing. Um, and I won't take that away because well, you weren't going to marry Cowgill. So no, you know. <laughs> he is definitely the five o'clock shadow would have got me. <laughs> we did have some fun. So anyway, Cowgill called me up and gave me a heads up on this. And then it yeah. took like two weeks, you know, my dad had passed and we were moving this and I'm like, Hey, well, I'm like, I don't know if people are calling my apartment or whatever. Cause I'm back and forth from Indiana to Michigan. And, um, you know, I get a call from Jim Russ, you know, Bill and I kept talking here and there about it. And I get a call from Jim Russ and he's like, Hey, I, you know, I hear you're available and I want you to come in and do an interview. And he's like, if you wear a tie, I will cut it off. <laughs> so I was like, thank God. And here's the guy that football games wore a tie, you know, yeah. and, you know yeah, that was always unique. That was a Denny uh, Miller at Purdue because Jim Russell yeah. was with him back in the uh, ancient days. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, so Jim gave me a call. I ended up going back and, you know, trying to get situated. I, my sister lived in Mishawaka. So, and she was married and <clears throat> had no kids. <clears throat> so it was easy for me. I just had to go an hour drive away. I moved in with my sister and brother-in-law for a year, almost 10 months. Um, lived there, got promoted. My wife got transferred to South Bend because she worked wow. for Talbots. Um, she had jumped around and because she was in retail. Yeah. And literally, we got married in 99. So she moved to South Bend the month prior to us getting married. And um, and that's where we that's where I started my career. Um wow with another ball stater and um you know and my I was there eight years um I started off with a ragtag bunch of things like track and field swimming and diving uh, <laughs> all those sports <laughs> that people had that the guy left that I picked up and I, right. I I swear to god I I remember my wife when she was still in Indianapolis coming up to visit me for the weekend and I had to cover one of these I, ITA tournaments tennis college yeah. tennis indoor meets and it went every day it went it started friday night ended at midnight yeah started at like had to be there at 6 a.m saturday ended at midnight started at six in the morning they started <laughs> at seven they were done at three o'clock like my now wife <laughs> bless her heart drove to to see me and spent all weekend with me 
at a tennis yeah. match. And, tennis match. you know, I just kind of like, you know what, what the hell are they doing to me here? So, <laughs> you know, it, I just grind. I just did my work. And my job was to work, work, work and impress, do my job, make us look good, do that. That's a mentality we lost to sometimes. It's yeah. a team effort. We're all together. What you do is, is great, but we all do it together. And the eyepiece has to go. So my player, our player. Yeah. So. No, no. I, I think that there's, you know, that's one of the things that I think is interesting in healthcare is that, that um, customer service is that's it. That's embedded in athletic training. Absolutely. And, and in healthcare in general, I don't know if that is, um, they'd like to talk a good game, but I'm not sure that they practice a good game where that's where I see value in athletic trainers too, is that athletic trainers in healthcare settings, whether it be a traditional setting or a non-traditional setting or, or, you know, at a hospital or a clinic or whatever, there's great opportunities for, for us to demonstrate our value with customer service. And, and you you said it, I mean, it's about getting things done. It's about, it's about taking care of people. Um, I, I even felt bad last night. I was leaving the school and I got called, I got texts from our, our, uh, kind of our administrative assistant that, that we had a fifth and sixth grade girls game going on in one gym and seventh and eighth grade girls game on the other gym. And she said, have you left yet? No. Where do you need me to go? Go to the middle school gym. There's a girl that fell on her wrist. So I, I go to the middle school gym and it's one of our girls and she's like a sixth grader and she, she's holding her wrist, but she's like moving it. And she's, she'd been crying and stuff and you could tell, and looks like she had a little ice on it. And I looked at it because she could move it. I'm like, I think you're okay. I don't think it's yeah. broken. I think that yeah. you're going to be okay. And I said, I think you ought to keep icing it. And then when I, I just left and I, as I left, I went, I should have at least got her something like a compression <laughs> sleeve or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Or I need something down in the middle school gym to draw like a little first aid kit or something like that. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on this afternoon. But, yeah. but the fact is it, it bothered me that I didn't provide a level something of customer there. service that, that would be, indicative of what I needed to do. And, and yeah. I, I just kind of, I mean, I had to come home and kind of work it out <laughs> that, that next time I'll fix it. But, yeah. but that's the thing is that it makes it, you know, you'll do those things to, because that's the legacy you want to leave in doing your job yeah. and, and how you were taught um, by our, by mentors that that's how you do it. You don't, it right. doesn't matter if it's tennis or track or, or, or any 100%. other, anything else a fifth grade, sixth grade girl, you're going to do your very best. hundred percent. And that customer, so I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a huge thing with me. And I, I could never pinpoint like how other people acted or did business or talked. I was raised on customer service. I, that was just my personal upbringing. Um, yeah. You treat people this way, this, 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 there's, you know, Color was never an issue. Race was never an issue. It was never, I grew up in a small town that was probably prone to having a huge race role there. And, you know, we have a, you know, we had a certain culture. We were pretty much predominantly white. And I mean, uh, so it's, you learn, um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. That's why I'm losing my thought all the time. (laughs) Uh, You learn, you learn, it's not so much that you would, you, you know, the golden rule of treating people how you would want to be treated. Yes. You just know innately that in doing your very best, you're going to take care of that person regardless of. Absolutely. Whether, Absolutely. whether the color of their skin or their personality yeah. or 
their personal background. That's the one thing I think that that drives me nuts right now is the fact that there's an insinuation because of who what my cultural background is, is that I'm going to slight somebody because they have a different cultural background. And that's not my makeup either. My makeup is people are people are people are people. Right. And 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 you're going to do you're going to do you're going to treat them um like another human being yeah regardless of what they are and believe me we've all done it we've treated we've treated our fair shares of a-holes and i can you know one thing like it but we did it (laughs) along my way and one thing i learned and and i'm big on this customer service piece but i was always come in firing business right off the bat right this is what we're doing this is here there the other like okay i'll see you later gotta go right I would walk into Coach McGraw's office, like, you know, it depend if we're in a coach's meeting, I try to hit it during coach meeting. But I one day I catch her in her office, like, hey, coach, here's where we're at, blah, 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 blah. She's like, hi, Mike, how are you today? I'm like, <laughs> and, and in my head, I'm just like, you need to stop and take in. And honestly, that's probably where I've started being more talkative to people. Um, and that's a, it's not a good thing because I start rattling now. I'm I'm at that age where it's, you start on one thing and you move to the next, and then abstract you have no random. idea what you talked about at the start. Abstract <laughs> random. You're you're going down the path of Neil Hazen. <laughs> yes, I I uh, he and I have hung out too much. It's probably rubbed off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know that that's the funny thing. It's just kind of like it's not the blind lead in the blind yet. It's the corral corral Neil. <laughs> Where's Neil? Yeah, where's Mike? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's going to be where's Mike and Neil? But... Where's Mike and Neil? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, but, but anyway, so yeah, so there I ended up Notre Dame, and then uh, you know my first year I got that within my first few months. And I was like October. I think I started in August, and October I was full time. And um, at that point, it was kind of finish up the year with the sports that were there. And actually, Bill was like gonna go and go to Miami Florida and uh we were chatting about it and and he's like Mike you know if you want are you you know you want me to talk to coach you know because Jim's gonna probably ask who who do you think we should talk to or should we hire somebody else right and I'm like absolutely love to like the year prior they were like went to the sweet 16 and our star point guard who's now the head coach tore ACL for another uh or other knee and you know I took over all that and um you know, so my first year with them was still, you know, we went to Sweet 16, but we had a really good team. And, you know, we had a few people on that other team that it, you know, once we moved to that next year and those kids were seniors, we had like the best chemistry ever. I mean, you could walk and joke and pick on each other and, and have fun. That's, you know, I was always told to by my grandfather on my Williamson side that uh, if, if I don't pick on you, I don't like you. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. I would always feel down with my grandpa picking on me and everything else. And then that would be his statement. And, and sometimes you have to take a step back and see who you're dealing with too. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, what else were we talking there? And then, and then 2001, yep. you, you, enter, you get, you get in the club. Yes. So about, we haven't talked about the club on this podcast, yeah. but, but I, I, I've heard it thrown around several times. We've talked yeah. about it several times and, and it's great. Um, yeah. That, so that second season with women's basketball, my third year at Notre Dame, like 
we caught fire and it was so fun. That was when the one girl had broke her hand right before the Yukon game. And it was a, it was almost one of these blurs that you have those ups and downs, but you get every benefit of the doubt, except we had two losses that year. Um, One, we played Rutgers and we should have beat them. And we just lost on a last second three pointer. So we lost by one point in that game. No, we lost by two points. So then we go Big East. We're the outright overall Big East winner. But we go to the tournament, get to the finals. Um, we actually, I think, beat UConn again at their place. And then we played them championship. I might be off on that. But so we played them in the championship game at, at Stores, Connecticut, at UConn. And last second, literally, we scored to go up. And they do a pass last second, get it in, lay it in, and we lose by one point. So then after that, we we end up getting back on track and just going. And that that tournament and what you had to do and the ride and then, like, what the heck just happened. Um, yeah. That was amazing. And, and it was fun. And um, it was in St. Louis. And ironically, that's where I got my uh, my uh, Ring of Honor award. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, and the funny thing was is our, our point guard was from St. Louis. And during the semifinal game, we played UConn in that semifinal game and beat them. Like, we were down at the beginning of the game. We were down by, like, 20. And yeah. I think we beat them by 18 or 20. Like, came out and just tore them up. And um, we played Purdue in the final game. And they had a last-second shot, and it didn't make. Um, and we we won by two points. And, and it was fun, man. It was – you're kind of like, man, I, it's a blur a little bit. And, and you probably experienced that with, oh yeah. Um, but it was so fun, man. And that's something you can't take back. But you know, the other thing was you quickly come back to reality the next year when you have seven new freshmen coming on your team and yeah. a few left over from that championship team. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would say, and I, and that's why I encourage, you know, um, those people that get that opportunity to, you know, if you're on that road, um, stop and take a deep breath and take a look around and just absorb the moment. Yeah. Um, because it all went very fast for me. I mean, in, in 94, I was so wrapped up in, 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 in planning and organizing and, and making sure that everything was okay. Cause we were hosting the national championships. Yeah. That's a different. And, and, and then we, we won and I, I mean I, I don't really remember a whole lot that happened after yeah. that night not not that yeah. I did anything that made me not remember that I just don't remember because I was so right because the next day we had individual championships and I had to get all that stuff ready to go for that yeah and then in 95 it was a little I took a little more time in 95 because I knew that um it was my last year and um I took a few more moments in those times after yeah. that meet to, to kind of soak it in a little bit with the, with, with the great thing about it was with, at Utah and probably just like you guys, it was still very family. That's the one thing I can say is that, that it seems like the fan, the female sports, every like families are involved, like the, the kids, parents and, and, and siblings and all that stuff are involved to where you, you celebrate with them too and that we had a whole room and yeah it, it got a little nutty <laughs> and what <laughs> i've got some pictures that uh that are a little nutty about that but 
but I took a little more time to soak it in a little bit. And, and I think that's the thing is, but I wish I would have done more like during the meet or during the, the yeah. competition <clears throat> to kind of just like look around. And, and that's why that, you know, when in, in 2017, when we were up at Notre Dame with men's basketball, I did take a moment. That's why I took that picture yeah. of you and sent it to you. And like, yeah, I yeah, took a moment yeah. just to kind of look around and go, this is big time stuff here. And if something good happens yeah. here, I'm going to remember it by doing it. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of things too. And I, I always try to remember to do that, but there's the times that you don't, you remember trips that you're on and you're like, man, I wish I would have, you're in Alabama and you're like in the gym. Can you go here and there? You know what the best, you know, what's crazy is I think I was to Alabama twice. And then you guys made me go on the no wives tour. Yeah. <laughs> that one year and we went to Alabama yeah. and I'm like, I've been here twice and we drove to their basketball arena. I'm like, and this is all I know about this campus. I yeah. didn't see those statues. I didn't even think about that stuff. <laughs> you know, that, but that's what you do when you're in college basketball. You don't, sometimes you don't. We had, so, so when we played Alabama, I'm trying to think what year that was. It might've been 2018. It might've, anyway, we get there and, and of course it's a money game. So they're putting us up in their hotel, which is right yeah. across from the basketball arena. Yeah. And like, six of our guys see that the football stadium's like down the street. Yeah. So they take off. Like we get to the hotel, they throw their stuff in the room and they think they're going to like look at it from inside. Like, like, <laughs> like, well, no, they thought they were just going to look at it from the gates. Yeah. They get their gates wide open. They walk down to the tunnel. There's a wow. gate open on the field. They're at the 50 yard line taking pictures. And one of the ground crew guys goes, Hey, you want me to take your picture? No way. You know, what's funny. Uh, and I'll tell this that, when I was at Notre Dame, our, <laughs> our, uh, we opened up in the mornings at, at the stadium. So when they expanded the stadium in 97, I started in 98 at Notre Dame. When they um, expanded that, they moved the train. They added a training room out there and it was like actually off. They added a door to the, to the uh, locker room. So um, uh, what was it? So kids, people would come, you know, it's all locked up in there. You have to get buzzed in or use a key and, like every once in a while, like somebody be out there and you're like, oh, come on and I'll let you see. And you just give somebody a cool experience. They're yeah. like, oh, and to watch the look on their face is awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> it's happened a couple of times. But if you're with them, nobody's going to ask you questions. Right. So like one of the staff was in there like she just thought, it was, oh, yeah, they've done it before. Like Jim Russ had done it. like, come on, we'll do it. Like it's <laughs> like one of those things. So you feel like I'll do it once and then you feel good. But you're monitoring. So one person's like, yeah, go on in. <laughs> So next thing I know, one of the uh, one of the uh, administrators are in the walking these people through the train. Like, um, who let these people? In? <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, it, those. But you know, you think about it, you just made somebody's life that they're never right. going to see, it, and you don't think about it. My wife had a laceration on her hand, and I was going to glue it up for. Her. So a coworker of hers brought her there and I'm not thinking about it. I have her back in the doctor's office and I'm dermabonding her uh, hand. And this lady's like sitting there and she's just like in awe and not like, right. And then I'm like, yeah, right. And she goes, I can't believe I'm in Notre Dame stadium and I'm sitting right outside of their locker room. And, and I took her in and showed her the tunnel with the, yeah. you know, and I, she wasn't interested. I don't, I mean, nobody was in. I took her real quick and then we took out and then, uh, but it's just like those things that you yeah. don't think about that you just make somebody's day and, and then you let them go freely in the stadium and then you get in trouble for it. But I didn't do that. Thing. <laughs> oh no! But that's great. Cause 
a funny thing too we went to uh visit a friend down in north carolina so we visited duke yeah we go, my wife and i drove there to the campus and went went into uh what the hell is it called the, the cameron indoor stadium yes cameron yeah. indoor stadium so we went in there checked it out wide open there was a camp going on and everything else the football stadium's right there too and it's down and there was construction going on wide open my wife and i walked into the suites <laughs> and i'm like we're probably not supposed to be here, so let's just go right now. Let's just say we did it, and let's get the hell out. So we did that. Yeah. So then we go to North Carolina the next day, and it's like locked. Like you know, nothing yeah. was open. So, but uh, you know, it was cool because like my middle son was able to get some pictures with some football players that were getting out of practice and stuff. But yeah, but yeah, those things and people that you don't notice that you're immune to or you just get numb to that. But it's fun when you get to see other people's. Yeah. Um, so how did you get to your current role so yeah I, so when I was at Notre Dame I had my old ultimate goal was to be a head athletic trainer no ifs ands or buts at one time I questioned if I wanted to you know just go to high school be a high school PE teacher and an athletic trainer because you know the mentality was right when I mentioned that to Rex I don't think you know because we were talking a certain path and, um, and that's what I wanted to do and then when I mentioned it he he just had that disappointing look like, you know, what's, what's, you know, why? So I, I ended up sticking to the path that I wanted to is that I didn't want to do anything else. So my, my goal was to be a director of sports medicine, head athletic trainer, um, wherever that would be, would love to be power five or not. But the interesting thing is your path when you're coming up, doesn't always fall within the right yeah. thing. As I said, I wanted to be a football athletic trainer going to Notre Dame and working football is game day, help out practices if need, you know, I can, or uh, two a days, uh, fall camp, spring ball, stuff like that. Um, I eventually evolved into being football and basketball, but that took eight years, you know, six, six to eight years. So it was kind of a balance with staffing and stuff, but, but I wanted that and I ended up working basketball and I liked it. I didn't play basketball in, in high school as an Indiana kid, that's unheard of. You shoot the basket, but I yeah. didn't play. Um, I was more rough and tumble, and that's what I, my path is. That's why I can't remember things. Too many shots to the head, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, that it was just ironic how this thing popped up. And it goes back to my Eastern days because, you know, Ypsilanti is borders Ann Arbor. And then, you know, Detroit is less than 40 miles away. And we have a lot of Detroit kids and, you know, and I enjoyed my time there. I enjoyed the mentality. I didn't enjoy the mentality and this, how people do things up here. It's, it's more of a, it's a Midwest town with an East coast attitude. So yeah. you get the Midwest person with a little bit of a fiery type thing. So I guess yeah. that's the best way to explain it. Um, took me a while to get used to that. Um, but anyway, I go back to my days of what I had to learn there and took it to and then learning from those people of like Jim Russ, pick and choose your battles, Mike, learn, like, let's talk some things through. And that really helped me going from a immature learning your ways. And you're like, I'm going to rule with an iron fist. And this is how Rex did it or Neil and Tony or, you know, everybody right. came in and you didn't feel that way with your students. So it felt weird. So you work through that and you build the relationships that's what makes that. And Rex did that. The best, best thing I ever felt from Rex was him, me going from a 
volunteer an observer to the next year and him saying hey mike how you doing it just made you feel good you made you like hey he knows my name needless to say he probably asked somebody before what's that student's name but still it makes you feel better and i wish i could remember names when i talk to people because that's the yeah. first thing i forget oh yeah um but yeah, they seem to thing. they seem to escape a little bit more here nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that is for sure that is for sure but you know, and this was my dream to do this. So was it at Detroit Mercy? No. Um, I had to learn a lot about Detroit, Detroit Mercy. What was, why do I, should I go to Detroit? And honestly, it's amazing here. Um, downtown is so beautiful. Um, there's right. so much things down there, the vibrance of it, the fun things to do down there. It's expensive, but um, it's amazing. I, you know, this is my, whatever, I've been here since 06, what, 16 years? Yeah, going on 17. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's getting to that time of what's next for me. Um, yeah. I don't want to be an administrator um, at another school unless it's different. Um, you know, I contemplated just going back and being a regular athletic trainer, working with the sport and being that, you know, just to take a step back. Because what COVID taught us was a lot about people, but also a lot about people that come together and, and, and really do some things that are great. Um, it, it, we were all underworked, underpaid, no staffing. We were asked to save money. We were asked to save money at all costs. And then you basically kill yourself to do this and make it happen because of these kids. Right. You know? And what you're looking for is that appreciation, that excitement. I feel like I have a good vibe with people. I have a new staff in and they're running their show, but the vibe has to be, you're going to respect us. And yeah. that's what I'm going to take from it. And, you know, and then we have new coaches, we have new battles, but we'll, we'll fix that. And, yeah. um, but yeah, so it was great. I got here. We didn't, I mean, I had myself a 10 month position that was hired in, in two GAs that were hired before I got there. And, um, and I started right after Labor Day. So it was yeah. <laughs> that quick that I'm working two a days at Notre Dame yeah, and going to uh, move and live in a dorm room that I've never been to uh, in Detroit. And um, that took 10 days for me to get a house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Living in a dorm uh, on campus will <laughs> definitely encourage you to uh, get the hell out of there. So uh, actually, I, I, I learned I learned this morning that there you have to call them residence halls. That's, oh. that's every 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 school administrator because I guess the the derivative of dormitory is death. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> but we've had it for this long, so let's just be politically correct. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to desensitize every damn thing. I'm I'm sorry. That's what it what we're dealing with. And no, they were. That's what they were. They were joking about that. That's what they would get corrected as the yeah. president of the university would get corrected if he called it a dormitory. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> do not do that. Oh man. The days it's it's that's part of some of the things we're dealing with. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started off with that staff, you know, one 10 month and 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 historically that position, the 10 month turned over every year. Yeah. Um, so my goal was they did have a plan, they were gonna add some sports and they had a plan to hire athletic trainers to the last guy. What they were wanting to do, they didn't they wanted to add division one double a football and 
in my conversation with them, they told me how many staff were going to hire. I'm like, well, who are you going to hire to work that? I, I said that to the AD. I'm like, he's like, well, I thought you'd be interested. Like, I thought that would, you know, be an excitement for you to come and work. I'm like, so I'm working um, right now. I work football at Notre Dame, but right. when I work, uh, when basketball starts, it's school starts, you know, we might have a couple kids around, we might have all the basketball around in the summer, but, um, they start after, so that you want me to start in July? Hell no, I don't want to do that. But, yeah. um, that never got added. Um, they had a plan to hire a full-time and a halftime person. Like the halftime would be a GA. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. So I was able to get creative. I, the person left, um, I was able to hire two people and make the salary right respectable at that time. Um, and so I had two people. I added a little bit more GAs. I've had four GAs at the time. Now I'm they're going away. Um, I'm working through our hospital to hire out athletic trainers and help. I'll still cover here and there or travel. I might be traveling with softball this year based on the shortage of athletic trainers in the college right. set. Um and it's it's pretty bad when a healthcare system can't even hire people. So yeah. I have to get creative. And and now and I, you know, my director of strength quit in the summer. We hired a new guy and he quit within a, a month because he got another job. Right. And I had to roll with one person. And so it was all hands on deck from staff to that and then trying to get some help in there. And now we're zero strength coaches and you know. And I'm trying to get contracted people in until I can get a hire. You don't want to hire somebody just because you can't. This guy left right at the start, like at the end of September. So yeah. everybody's in their place and you don't want to make a bad decision. Yeah. No, it's only as good as the people you surround yourself by. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you, you owe it to the student athletes to do that. Yeah. Coaches, yeah. on the other hand, maybe not so much, but student athletes, yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. We all know uh, yeah. loyalty is few and far apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, any, anything, um, you know, you've, you've, you've been an athlete trainer, administrator now and stuff. What's, what's maybe one or two things that you've come away with. And we talked a lot about a lot of things today, but, but that, that, um, that you've kind of, felt is important to be good at both um i'll be honest now i can't be good at both right now i can be as good as i can be because i am spread too thin um staffing wise is a, an issue now with strength and conditioning that's an issue um you know we just we have to and i think we have a president at, at detroit mercy that's athletic minded and is not going to you know, we've gone through a lot of struggles here from an athletic department, from a budget standpoint, the school had to do a reset with tuition and, and enrollment. And so we were hurting. So it was hard to do things. And my plan was to start hiring. Well, we went through the change. We dropped the sport and we went through this change and it was like, okay, once we get through this financial thing, we can reset and maybe hire more people. COVID, right? right. So now we're in COVID and it's like, nobody has money and we spent too much, you know, so you know, it's, it's one of those catch 22s. And um, if we had more staff and people, I have a responsibility that I feel like I'm spread across the board. I do sponsorships. 
I do engagements, customer service. Um, you know, I'm in the Titan club with the donors and stuff. I'm, I'm speaking with <laughs> a lot, you know, I'm speaking with the donors. I'm just talking with them. Yeah. I have a great relationship with people. It's simple. If one conversation that you can create a long lasting relationship, I had it. I have a, uh, an older lady who I've kept in touch with the whole time. And we're on the same page. I mean, she lost her husband a few years ago. I check in. I, that's just me. I don't want yeah. anything out of this. I reached out to another lady that I hadn't heard from in two years because I hadn't heard from. She's alone. She's in her nineties and she would drive by herself to Arizona. Yeah. And then I have another donor that's not, he's starting to, to slip mentally and he'll call and be confused. Right. And I'm like, is your, you know, I know his daughter's there. I know. I mean, I don't give a shit about this. Right. This is real life. And people right. have taken the real life things out of a job, out of your livelihood. And we've made this shift to secretive, do it behind your back, try and do, you know, you can't be successful and you'll never be successful by doing that. And I've always tried to do things like this is how it's got to be. Um, and you just got to have the staff that that's there and then you function. Yeah. Sorry, this is how we do it. Coach argues it, you know, you have one step misstep, but it kind of puts a kink in the chain. So it's a battle and a nonstop battle. And honestly, it's, it's that point where it's like, how long, how much, if I left, it's going to be so much problems. Um, I have people that still are involved because of me donate because of me. I have a, this lady that donates because of me, the comment to me, well, you talk to her all the time. I'm like, I met, I'll talk to her when she comes to any of our meetings. And the only time I, I don't call her, I, she sends me a, a check for a donation and I call her and thank her. Um, when it was COVID, I called and checked up on her because her husband was gone. So, I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I've done some crazy ass shit. Pardon my French. <laughs> No. For people that are, I mean, a former athlete that wasn't even an athlete of mine. I'm not talking older than me athlete. And they have an issue and you help that person out. Yeah. And you're their only connection. They have one person in their life that's trying to help that them, but they can't manage it. And I'm in that person's life. So I was in a position where on a Wednesday and a Sunday, I could visit this guy and try to help and see what's going on. And from six o'clock in the night on Wednesdays and Thursday or Saturdays, that's what I did for about two months and then help with this guy get, you know, his situation right. And that's just life. That's just being a good person. And I think if people go through life like that and be good people and do what's right um, for each other is that's, that's the next step. But I wear my heart on my sleeve. I mean, I get, I take, I take my job so serious. This the one of the biggest reasons why I'm here is because I love it. I love the sport. I want us to do so good. And then, you know, it's at a small school, it's tough with this, you know, with budgets and cuts and this and that, and then you get hit a couple of times. You just got to be, um, you know, persevere and, yeah. um, and get through it, but it, it's tough. It's very tough. It's, <clears throat> it's fun to, to work with the kids and do the stuff, but the, the difficulty and the time wise, and, and I have a son in, in college and two in high school. 
And I miss so much in their life and until I'm able to do this. And that's what means the most to me now. I can relate with my kids now better than ever because yeah. I've worked with 18 to 23 year olds. So have you. Yeah. So in your years, you're going to start seeing them different. Like yeah. that's something I really noticed. I'm like, I actually can relate to my kids now when they were <laughs> like eight, nine, like you're expecting them to do different stuff. I mean, it's a fact yeah. of growing up too, man. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, that certain things mean different things to you, you know, but also if you go through life with things that happen and you learn from those, it, it takes a page out of you and you learn from that, you move forward and that's how you are as an individual. No, I, I think we that can get deep here, Troy. No, no, it's <laughs> it's I think that's innate in all of us to 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 help and, and relationships. I mean, that's I think uh, good athletic trainers um, are good. They're good at relationships in that aspect, yeah. because that's really what drives us in, in doing those things. And that's the one thing I can tell you that I think is different for the kids that I'm working with now is that. um the, the, all their previous athletic trainers that they've had at that high school have been young people that are trying to establish themselves and, yeah. and have build confidence and, and, and basically trying not to screw it up. And right. here I am, who's been in it for such a long time that um, I had one kid tell me the other day, he goes, you didn't really do anything for me, but you just sat and listened to me. Yeah. And I went, yeah, because I understood that that's really all you needed. You didn't need me. I, I, mean, I looked I looked at whatever, knee, ankle, whatever it was, but I just sat and listened to him a little bit and, right. and established mm -hmm. some type of relationship to where um, that's all they needed. And, and yeah. I think that's the thing about it is that it's not so much um, a technical thing as it is about letting them know that you're just available to, to kind of, you know, yeah. you're a teenager now. That's the thing about it is, we, we've dealt with those 18 and 22 year olds. Now I'm dealing yeah. with teenagers that, that they're, it's a little bit different and it's taken me a little bit to learn how to deal with those things too. hundred percent. And one thing too, with being isolated, I had trouble. I, I, I got COVID a year ago, right around now. And um, it literally just switched to the five day quarantine. <laughs> Honestly, God, I'm like, God, I, I got COVID and I'm like, I didn't feel bad. I, I had a cough and everything else. I'm like, I'm going to, I can actually just chill out and like somebody can cater to me for a minute. That lasted yeah. a day and a half. And then my <laughs> wife got it. And then two days later, my other son got it. Yeah. My one son went back to school and the other one, I have no idea how he didn't get it, but um, yeah. in those five days and then taking care of everybody in here, it just messes with you, you know, and, and, and that's the big thing that this mental health is a huge conversation you know, we've added staff for mental health and you add staff, you just get more people going and, and it just continues to be that. So we're looking at a lot of options for our student athletes in access. There's a lot of online options that the, our university is looking at as well for those things. I mean, there's so many things that you can do and we, you know, technology is going to change because a lot of people like the older professors kicked and screamed that they had to do online computer type stuff. But once we came back and started the in-person, they're all arguing like, well, why can't I just do this from home? I don't mind getting up and going downstairs to my basement and in my shorts and my dress shirt, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but 
one thing, if everybody takes this to heart, I don't know if it was Pat Summit that said it, but being from Notre Dame, I don't want it to be her. I do now. She's such a legendary coach, and we lost her. But um, but her, I think the comment that she had stated was um, lack of communication for people or no communication. The individual that you're not communicating with, ultimate, they, they automatically think it's something negative. Yeah. And think about that. Every time, like, oh, he didn't text me back right away. Like, what did I do wrong or something like that? People right. think that way. There's some people that are sociopaths and don't, but um, but I'm saying it's it's that communication piece, and then people are doing things differently, and it's the technology age, and, and there's a lot of negativity um, yeah. and assumptions and less talking. People don't like to have face-to-face conversations anymore. Right. I have to have that. Yeah. Um, it's just learning people. Because what? guess what? A kid three months ago, I, I don't work basketball. I pay attention. I listen to things. I see things. I hear things. I talk to my staff about it. I talk to kids about it. Um, this kid, I saw it. There's something wasn't right. And I'm like, to my staff, have him come in. I want to talk. Yeah. Pulled him in. I found out this kid was a month ago, was a month from leaving and going home. He's overseas. And his exact words to me is like, I'm going to give this the rest of this month and I'm going to leave. If, if things don't get better for me, I'm going to leave. I'm like, well, it's not right. It's a lot of things, man. Like, just twice I've had just sat down. I, I sat down and talked with this kid and I'm just worked through like, and I'm not a counselor. I'm just saying, sometimes it's just the fact that what you were saying, kids come and they say something. Once you open the door and they got your trust, you're going to learn something. Yeah. Then you're going to see this kid and you're going to know when they're off. And that's why athletic trainers are important. Yeah. You see it, you hear it, you react to it. You learn to react to it. Yeah. And this kid stayed another month doing great. Awesome. He had a little setback, you know, an illness or this or that. Then like some things popped up and we were getting it managed to get him. I mean, he's under care, but it's like at some point pulling back in. It's like, uh, and I'm going to take credit for this because not a lot of athletic trainers do. After I had a conversation with him, this kid went off. He had the best month of his life. And, yeah. and I'm not going to say it's me because we got the care he needed. And um, I just had to have another talk with him and he's back on track. So, but that those are key importance. You could, we could have lost a kid because of communication. Yeah. Doesn't feel like he can come and say something to somebody. Yeah. Um, or doesn't want to because it's how it's been. Kids do, you watch kids. They do stuff that like literally sabotages them. Yeah. This case is the same thing. Bad grades, up and down, this and that, missing class, you know. You fight through that to work through the kid to get him right. And and hopefully at the end, by the time this kid leaves, he's going to have a better understanding of why and what he thinks and feels. We'll get him the proper help. And he's moving on, and we help them. That's all I care about. You yeah. leave, and he can say, Mike, you made a difference. Yeah. The one girl that walked in and was pale, and I'm like, something's not right with you. Let's go get some blood work done. Let's talk to the doc. And I'm going on a trip that then driver gets blood work, come back. I get on the bus. I'm like, hold tight. She's bleeding out. This girl has had, uh, Oh my goodness. 
bleeding out. And if yeah. she he called me and was like, Mike, can I just, they told me that I need to go in to see the doc. Can I just go tomorrow? When she first saw me, she said, can I just go back to my room and sleep? No, I'm not no. letting you out of my life. Um, and, you know, so it was, her mom was an ER nurse, so that she was up north. And um, basically, I'm trying to figure out, because she had called me first after the appointment or what the call was. And then I'm back like, hey, this is what I was told. They're like, she needs to go right now because her count is dropping, her blood count. Yeah. And I said, okay. I'm like, you need to get your butt there now. And I'm on a bus going somewhere. And right. um, she gets there. This before we even knew what was going on. She had a golf ball size uh, polyp ulcer beside it. She was just bleeding out yeah. her stomach. And she wouldn't have woke up that next day if she didn't yeah. do that. And you do that stuff. And it's like, wow, if I took a break. And th this is why people, <laughs> when I get excited and I'm ready, like you're doing something, I'm trying to teach you and talk to you about it, about certain things. And when you get excited because you need to do it this way because or something that you know it's this and they just don't want to listen to you. I mean, you're excited about it because this isn't life and death. That one thing, it might not be that, but Jim, not Jim Russ, but uh, John Whitmer, who passed away a year ago again, uh, he was my other, one of my other mentors that was at Notre Dame forever from the seventies on. He just, he always told me, he's like, you know, in our profession, Mike, just remember, because you say this, you're like, man, things are going so good. The team's doing that. You're thinking that you don't want to jinx it, but you're sitting there and you're thinking that and you're feeling that. And then John Whitmer's like, Hey Mike, do you know for our profession, a hundred attaboys can be erased with one oh shit? And I'm like, you're right. If I didn't said, if I said, go back and yeah, just go and sleep. And she didn't wake up. And then we're yeah. dealing with a different situation, going a different route. And I mean, that very well could have happened. And and sometimes kids think that way. Like, I just got off the road a long time, and I I just wanted to get home, you know. Right. And so I mean it's it's just staying on top of it and no, no i don't know it's just the passion to work with the kids and get the results and the ups and downs um minus the the tricks that you have to deal with behind the scenes and <laughs> yeah. it's not a it's a huge production i mean no, marketing no, promotions um I, I have my foot in every element of this athletic department besides yeah. like business i mean i do my own budget and business and stuff like that but yeah uh, now, you're yeah. you're very busy, and and I think that's why getting you nailed down to do this podcast was even more awesome. And I'm glad that you could make time to do it. And and I think that's the thing is that um, somewhere down the line, like me, you're going to be rewarded for the amount of things that you were involved with, and you won't even yeah. see it coming. Um, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> um, the, the, I have. Um, a lot of student athletes that still call me for, for help. They're overseas playing. Now, a lot of my guys that were overseas are starting to, to phase down. Uh, you know, I've been out, I don't travel. I haven't traveled in over six years. Probably. Right. I traveled here and there. I've had to travel with basketball because, um, yeah, I had right. to from somebody, but, um, being out of it and, um, yeah, I don't even know where here I am again, talking and getting out of my mind. No. <laughs> Just going with it. Well, well, listen. We need to wrap this up. Yeah, we're we're going on we're we're going on a little over an hour and a half. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But um, I got a staff meeting at one o'clock. Yeah, you do, and I need to let you go for that too. But yeah, but um, 
but no, th- I think that's the thing is that that the, kind of the central theme of all this is that it really comes down to helping people. Yeah. And and we we that's a that's a big priority of being an athlete trainer, especially if you were at Ball State during that time that that Rex and and Neil and yes. Tony were together, because that's what they preached. And and um, yep. and I think that's the thing where um, we've all kind of had mentors along the way, even yeah. outside of Ball State, that have helped us understand that as well. And and what it, it what it what it comes down to is your work ethic one. And two, yeah. your ability to to learn and, and take in knowledge and and be able to do that. Um, you're not going to be perfect your first year out, your second year out, third year out. That's why I think th- these first two years of kids coming out of this program, how are they going to be? I don't even know how the program is. I know some of the things that are allowed to do, um, can be able to do. It's great. I want to do that myself. But are they going to be able to give the patient care? or interact with people. We have people that have problems, problem solving, or even going and having a face-to-face conversation about something to get it worked out. Would you rather have a five-minute conversation or a two-hour text back and forth where you can perceive that anyway? Right. Are you being shitty or are you being nice? Let's leave that out. Sorry, I'm going to get on another topic. (laughs) We'll be here past my uh, thing. No, no, it's it's a big... It, that's why I was trying to explain my AD the other day is that there's art of athletic training. There's a science of athletic training and the, the good ones can mesh those two together yeah. and, and, and take bits and pieces of them at, to make it work. And, and cause, cause that's mm-hmm. really what this still profession is about as much as we yeah. want to do position statements and everything else, there is a, there is still an art of learning how to read your, your patients or read your yes. athletes and if you providing the best care you could with that you the more you're around people you develop that intuition i mean mm-hmm. it's just like being married to somebody you can tell when your wife's not happy by when you ask her hey is everything all right i'm fine <laughs> you know it's not fine i mean it's just the same thing with any relationship you're going to yeah. get a response and you're going to learn the response yeah. um you know, you're just going to be able to play into that and find out what's up. And honestly, God, Ray McCallum, when we worked together here in, um, he and I were so tight when I, that's, I made the transition out. <clears throat> um, I don't know if it was two, he had two more years left. Um, but my, I transitioned in 2015, I think. Um, and he was pretty upset about it. I mean, in a Ray McCallum way, but um, I still try to stay around, but he and I were so tight. And I, to this day, I really cherish that piece because we'd be at North Carolina state or whatever. And um, he'd call me and say, Hey Mike, can you come downstairs, go downstairs? We'd be sitting there. Um, he'd order up some wings, whatever. We sit there and, you know, chat it up and we'd sit there and I'd, I'd tell him the guys are this, that this person's this and that I tell them what their mood is, what their right. help is. And that's why I tell my staff you can be a huge asset to your coaches. And if they yes. see that, they're going to see your value. Yeah. If you can tell your coach like, Hey, you might want to talk to him this way. Cause Ray was great at that. Yeah. He could, you know, and, and, you know, unless he needed to do a certain way with kid, but we could pretty much predict how kids were doing and tailor to whatever we had to do to just get through it and be yeah. successful versus somebody's got an issue in that. I mean, we had, we had some interesting guys. I have a kid that's, had some troubles and he still comes back to this day and, and works out here, calls me, checks in on me. 
He got injured overseas. It was a group of everybody. You're going back to see Mike. You got to get back and see Mike. I had another kid with a hernia just talked to. He's at the end of his career. Um, it's kids yeah. from Poland or Spain calling you. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So, I've got I mean, those too. Yeah. It's lasting relationships too. You might not remember all their names, but you remember what they meant to you. Yeah. <laughs> or or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know we got to wrap it up. Yeah. No, listen. Um, I think I think um, you know you've had a, a very great career and 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 going to continue to do so. Um, if it, hopefully if it doesn't drive you crazy in in the process of doing that, but yeah, but, but I think that's I, the thing. That's the thing about it is that that I um, you know I appreciate you coming on and talking about it and 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 talking about a lot of other things too, as, as right. abstract, random as it has been yeah, in some ways. Honestly, my biggest focus is like my my staff keeping sane. Yeah. Helping them out, getting their back, any problems they got. I mean, that's the biggest thing too. Keeping people moving. I mean, we we we're in a shitty situation and we're gonna have to get through it. So I gotta keep them happy. Yeah. If my yeah. coaches act a certain way to them, you know, I lose a person. Guess what? Now now we're gonna be in trouble. Yeah. So, but you're you you've been a great example for your staff too. So if they ever get the chance to move on and do something different, they've they've had a good example of that and a good yeah. experience because of that. And that's important. And, I think we have to continue to set the tone for the future for these, for the athletic piece. I know there's changes being made salaries and stuff like that. People want to argue it and send emails to, to ADs or, or rip the athletic trainer. I don't think that's helping the athletic trainer. Cause it's just like my coach coming in bitching to me because we lost a, a strength coach. Yeah. Okay. What are you doing about this? Well, I'm going to hire someone. Oh, uh, well, well, I haven't lifted in a month. That's bullshit. You know, then it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, it's it's a, it's like you said, it's a process to get through. Yep. But, but it's it's a it's this has been a big experience. And be honest with you, when you say it, Mike, you're an administrator. I am, but I'm I have I'm doing a lot. I got my my hands in a lot of things, and I'm in a lot of meetings, and I have to be on a lot of decisions. A lot of people across campus will call me versus anybody else because of the how we get shit done. Yeah. Um, but that's the biggest thing. And, and I can't say if I went to Notre Dame and was an associate athletic director, but like just say sports medicine and oversee this and just a suit, it'd be a way different, I think. Um, yeah. But, but I'm telling you, I think we have the mentality in athletics to be great, great with uh, teams and sports. And I think we can angle it that way. But I also think, you know, when, when salaries change and everything else, and we're out of the profession because we're retired, will be saying like, wow, I remember when I made that <laughs> or made like half that or, or three times. Or I remember when I had to do this, this, and this. It's kind of, it's kind of yeah. you know, you yeah. kind of, it's it's in a different way. But back when like JD and Cindy and those guys were were teaching classes, yeah. but being an athletic trainer and and doing, you know, driving the bus or whatever yeah. else, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's not, it's not unlike those days, just yeah. at a different, different level. So. That's the funny thing is how things were done back then. And now is like, wow, yeah. I don't think uh, <laughs> yeah. that's not acceptable nowadays, but yeah, I mean, it's learned a lot, had a lot of fun. I mean, that training room, athletic training room at Ball State and honest to God, I think it was my group uh, that always stood on that wall. And <laughs> honest to God, I think it started with us. Yeah, like, I we think it did. Assigned, yeah. But Tony like ran with it 
and it was awesome. So we were, I, I had to come back and sign it because they made it official yeah. after I had left. But, um, but yeah, that wall, <clears throat> nobody knows the history. It was kind of like, we would just always stand on that wall and watch because the taping area is there, treatment yeah. area is there. You were out of the way. And if you need, if they need anything, you just walked around and did something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but that but, was, uh, that wall is history. iconic. I, I hope it's still going to be there, but um, yeah. It's it's it is Me like the change I, I happens, but yeah, I know that's why I took pictures of it when I left because whatever happens in the future, we could always we could always make that into a vinyl type thing and put we could have a traveling wall. Yeah, here we go. Well, you know, in in we can bring it to talk, the track in May. In a, <laughs> well, this is kind of goes along the lines of how people do things and change things, and and I honestly have a plan, but it's changed. Um, I wanted to do something for Ball State Athletic Training either sooner or when I die. Depends on that. You know, yeah. I'm similar to my dad. I, I want to do something. It's not going to be great. I mean, not what my dad can do, but I'm a self. I mean, he helped me along the way to, to learn how to invest, right. be a business person, um, you know, do things. And, you know, so my thought would be this, this, if there's college, I mean, the college athletic training is a huge important factor. And I think with losing students and, or incentivizing some of these athletic training students to work in the college sector, they need, you know, if it's a money thing, I wanted to try and set something up, but with the last, I don't know if you want me to even talk about it. Um, I just have been turned off about the direction of the athletic department and their treatment of people. And, and it goes along the line of how we're at with things. Yeah. And, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a wait and see thing, you know? Yeah. Well, cause you're not, cause you're not interviewing for the AD's job, right? No, nope. <laughs> that's my thing is I would love to do like, I mean, I would love to actually sit back and try to direct the traffic. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot more, of the other stuff you have to deal with, it's very difficult, but yeah. I've had, to, it's usually myself working with that person that gets the shit to yeah. manage it. So uh, some way, shape or form, I see it and do it. Um, but also too, I see how things need to be. Yeah. I, 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 I've got people that donate because I'm, yeah. I got people that give money and they would go somewhere else. If not, they, yeah. they give a huge chunk of change and it goes to their school and you know, nice little five figure annually comes to sports medicine is great because I could buy some nice stuff um, yeah. and help yeah. things. Here. Yeah. So. Well, listen, I, I know you got to get to your staff meetings, so yeah. um, we're going to wrap this up. Cool, but, man. Uh, I really appreciate you being on. It was I a great time. Cool. We've gone off the roll with Mike Miller. I want to thank Mike for being on the podcast today. We covered a lot of ground um, and and really maxed out our time uh, for for talking. So um, it may be a little bit longer podcast <laughs> because of that. But um, you know, he really covered some interesting topics. And I think the thing that it, that really got to me was that uh, you're really doing a balancing act when you're an administrator and an athletic trainer. And uh, there's lots of other things that go in to trying to do those jobs as well as you possibly can wearing a lot of different hats and I think Mike does a great job at doing that um, so we've got some exciting things coming up for 2023 obviously I talked about the guests in the intro but 
Uh, we're going to start a, we're going to have a, a Twitter account that we're going to put some stuff out there and, and maybe do a little more uh, information uh, about our guests or some links about our guests um, that we're going to have on here. Um, and it, it'll provide another avenue of feedback um, to you guys, to me, uh, for you guys, to me, uh, regarding the podcast and what you like and what you don't like, and maybe some different things that go along with that. We still have off the roll podcast at gmail.com. If you want to comment on that account. Um, and then hopefully we're going to be growing this thing this year. Uh, I kind of got started out with it just to test the waters and see how things would go. Um, and now we're at a place where we can kind of grow a little bit and maybe there'll be some different things out there. Um, that can help us make this a really great podcast to kind of reach more people with that. Um, so we're looking forward to 2023 and uh, looking forward to more off the roll opportunities. And, um, and we really appreciate your support uh, and subscribing or listening to this podcast on whatever platform that you're on. So um, hope everybody has a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Take care.